BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Bandwagon nerds. Oh. Yes, I am the host today, the lawyer Dave Unger, Patrick O'Dowd, still busy with the kids at UMass, you know. Somebody's got to keep those kids in line. Might as well be Mr. O'Dowd. He will be back next week. Ray's giving Patrick the thumbs down. If I had the booing spot, I would be, you know, helping you out, Ray, but I just don't. <laughs> so anyway, I am not here alone this week. It is the same for two weeks in a row. We got the same panel, which is uh, always helpful for continuity and consistency. I am joined here today. You heard me talk to the one and only Reverend Ray Cash, the proud champion of the baltimore ravens the 72 dolphins of preseason ray how are you doing man it feels good to win something because lord knows by the time january comes around it might not go my way but i will take it i'm very happy it's good to be here hey two weeks in a row for me i know then that should get some applause that should get some applause but the problem with the uh the soundboard is that the live studio audience won pc tunny his soundboard is giving him the middle finger. Um, Tony, how else are you doing on this lovely Sunday morning, kayfabe Monday day? Yeah, it's been about 10, 11 days since the uh, old Skype decided not to let the sound from my computer go in through to your ears. So I recorded DWI on Friday. The guys just had to sit quietly while the sound played. I could hear it. The listeners can hear it. But uh, yeah, sc- fuck Skype. Um, but hey. On a positive note, if you want to take a break from all your troubles and watch something that's completely mind-numbing and painlessly easy to watch, check out a spoof on activism. It's on Netflix. It's called JT and Chad Go Deep. And let me tell you, you're going to give your abdominals a workout. Oh, okay. Well, I could use some abdominal workout that doesn't involve planking, so that would be that'd be kind of nice. Pat, Pat, no, plank. You said planking, not pecking. planking. I, I would, I would take you as a Superman guy. Yeah, I don't like those, man. They, they hurt my back and stuff. So, but planking does. You know, Ray. To be honest, any abdominal exercise is going to hurt your back when you're old, like me. You know, you're worried about your old man pains. But get your core together, and and yeah, that's that's why the cores. I know this is the bandwagon nerds exercise show. But that's why getting your core is the most important thing to get strong because everything else will get stronger with your core. So if you get your abs and your obliques and your back muscles right, yeah, you, you're a juggernaut tank. This is a lifestyle network, Ray. I mean, we've, we've already said that 90% of the shows on here are cooking shows, so it's all good. Those are the boxes I have to check. When you, when you sign up to put a podcast out into the world, people don't know that you have to, you have to check these little boxes. Hey, that's look. right. We don't want no in-shape people on this network. 
You look, can take we, that over to Fightful or somewhere else. That's right. Watch. And be honest, you know, this is a, a pro wrestling <laughs> network and one of the, you know, the big guys in pro wrestling is, you know, say your prayers, train, take your vitamins, believe in yourself and fuck over your best friend, apparently. Let me be racist. Dude. Well, let me tell you something, brother. It's time to get into the crux of this episode. We are going to continue on with our review of Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 6. We're also going to talk, before the first commercial break, about She-Hulk Episode 2. It'll be Patrick's decision what he does with the She-Hulk thing next week. I don't think we can avoid discussing it, especially since it infuriates Ray to no Uh end. And that's Uh worth the price of admission. Plus, some pretty big Easter eggs on this week's episode. I don't know if you guys caught it, but we're going to talk about some of these Easter eggs because they are, yeah, including one of them that may have leaked the uh, debut of a very famous mutant. Anyway, before we get there, let's talk Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Marigold, which I guess refers to how Harlan kind of gets in touch with the life energies and the forces of all those around him, and, and it's his way of kind of harnessing his own power. And he uses this to teach Vanya how to take his power back, and that leads to um, his disclosing. Let's let's uh, Ray. I know you've alluded to it in the past, so let's get the elephant in the room out of the way, since you know that's kind of the elephant in the room sort of analogy is what we've talked about a few times. We're going to talk about it with She-Hulk, but Allison continues to be the worst of all people and continues to slide in this episode, especially very disturbing what she does. Not surprising, but it is what it is. So. Anyway, we'll we'll do the Harlan, Vanya, or Victor sort of thing first, where Victor takes Harlan's power back eventually, and Harlan discloses to Allison that he was responsible for the death of not only their mothers, and Allison puts two and two together and realizes he's responsible for the death of her daughter. Allison then, uh, I guess she kills him, Ray. I had a rumor you going, big dog. Yeah, um, I will say this, though. I, I love um, storytelling because it's all about perspectives. One could argue that Allison did the right thing in killing Harlan because he was unstable. Now, she did not know to the extent of which Victor was able to take his powers back. She saw the big shit happen, whatever. But Harlan had done so much bad, not on purpose, but he had done so much killing and so much bad that one could argue of course not in real life, under the guise of like superhero tropes and, and, and movies and shit, stuff like that. It was a mercy killing. Now, she didn't do it for the right reasons, but Harlan is a very sympathetic figure, but he was a bad, he did bad things. He didn't mean to, but he did bad things. And I, I think that's, it's such a powerful story uh, take or story arc because the only reason he did his bad things is all because of Victor. And which is why he feels so conflicted now about Harlan and try and almost turned on the family that he'd been begging to love him for all these years for the kid. Well, I say kid, the kid's older than all of them, like twice their age, but you know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a it's it's such a perspective situation. What do you where do you see it from or how you perceive it from? But if nothing else, Allison never killed before. Now that she's killing, what else will she do? She's lost Ray. She lost the baby. She basically lost the family now because they're not rocking with her no more after this once they figure out what happened, I'm sure. So what's next for her? I think that 
the 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 turn the heel turn of Allison has probably been the coolest part of this year's story to me, and it just continues to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, she um doesn't help when she sees when she delivers Harlan to the sparrows and sees uh Luther in the full Sparrow Academy outfit. You know that's that's really hammering home the fact that um you know that things have gotten pretty out of hand. Tony, what are you? Which by the way, which wasn't his fault. He didn't get no. Oh, yes, no. it was. This is. No, the first time was when they kidnapped him. This time, that's right. He actually joined. Well, he so was right. he was you know uh, getting it on with Sloan in the next. You know her bed squeaks a lot, Ray. Just um, that's what. Well, when that's you, what Faye when tells her. The, when you're fucking the gorilla, I would imagine it wouldn't be quiet. Tony, when you can float like that, though, what do you say when anything squeak for? You got to focus to float. You got to focus to float, cause so oh, maybe he was. He, you got to focus to float, cause maybe he was laying it down. Luther was being the plumber because he was laying some pipe, I guess. So. Laying that pipe down. Oh, man. Tony, your thoughts on this whole Allison just continuing to slide into darker, worse places as the season goes along. Now we've got four episodes left, and she's killed a guy. I want to start with Victor, though, and um, Harlan, because they're both good people at their core. They're both emotional people at their core. And it's the power because of their lack of emotional stability that they can't control it. Right. And I think that's the problem that in lies the situation. And that's a hard thing to explain to somebody who has no idea, um, especially when you've been the one harnessing this power, emotionally unstable and not being out upfront about it like victor done bad things too right harlan and victor are the same kind of thing so i think it's that power um not being wielded with emotional stability to start with now yeah allison i i don't know something's got to happen where someone i think at some point it, it her and victor were so close right it, i don't know when or by the end of the season or something that's what the those two make each other emotionally stable. And I think that's the place we need to go to get them back in this uh, uh, face instead of heel personas, if you want to use the wrestling terms. Now, I was out with DP last night, and he has only watched the first couple episodes, but he is liking the fact that now, since the end of last season, we're past the comic books, right? So you don't really know. You know, I, I'm hoping that they had an idea for two seasons and we're going to get to that um, after these first two seasons from the comic books. So I'd love to see that overall arc, but everything's just picking up right now. This has been a wonderful season. For, for the record, Hotel Oblivion was a storyline in the Umbrella Academy comics, but I think they've deviated a lot from it. Right. I think it happened before the end of season two in the comics, which was the end, the end the of case. season two was the end of the comics. That may be the case, yeah. Yeah, going back to the Hotel Oblivion, uh, you know, because I know we could we could sit here and pontificate on Allison and how deep this shit is going to go for forever. Um, you know, she's uh, I mean, the interesting thing is at the end, she does see Luther and that sparrow thing and she goes right in the front door. So that's you know, she's not there. Obviously, the, the two academies are going to align right now because the Google Blitz continues to be a problem. And you could see like Victor's telling Allison, it's getting really bad out there. You see the physical damage to the cities that is uh, prevalent due to the Kugel Blitz just continuing to obliterate stuff. So it's a big deal. Um, you get this interesting thing with uh, with Diego and Lila at the White Buffalo Suite where they go behind the wall 
and go down this trippy ass mystery hallway. I mean, all kids would just go down that hallway, right, guys? I mean, if you were a 12 year old kid, go right down that hallway. I'd be like, no, I don't think so. Um, but they go down and they end up in a, a I don't know, what is it, like an alternate version of the uh, shat, the um, uh, what is it, Hotel Obsidian, I think is what. Yeah, you want to know, you know, I don't know what I thought of when you're a little kid and you're bored as hell and your grandparents, you're standing over there and they have nothing for you to do and you're bugging the shit out of them. And they're like, go outside and dig a hole. You go straight to China. Like I thought, like, like, that's like how you got to the opposite side of the earth, right? Yeah, is it the opposite oh, yeah, side, or was yeah, it an yeah. alternate alternate version? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I just I'm just saying it made me think of that but weirdly. For, that, you know. that long ass um, hallway. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Tony. Yeah, but we get the revelation that uh, Stan is not Lila and Diego's kid. Stan's just somebody that Lila bar- borrowed from one of her friends. Um, they're still looking for Stan. When they can't find anybody, Diego makes the mistake of ringing the bell, which summons some I don't know silver samurai ish looking sort of thing. That goes and throws a some sort of throwing star kind of deal at Diego. Cuts off a couple of his fingers. Instead of like grabbing those so they can be reattached, they're gone. Um, and they're back on the other side. Meanwhile, Stan shows up with a slushy and some uh, Slim Jims. And he gets Kugel blitzed. So Stan, gone. Your guys, yeah. Tony, I'll start with you. I mean, the Lila Diego kind of um, storyline is, is still one of my favorite parts of this. Stan gets Kugel blitzed. Where are we right now? What what was what was that thing that was coming after them? Any ideas? Looked like some samurai or something, didn't it? Um, uh, silver samurai jumped know, in my head. You want to know what was interesting is um, in Bizarro Hotel Obsidian, I think Lila stepped on a cockroach, right? She also stepped on one in the regular Hotel Obsidian, did she not? So there's got to be something to that. There can't just be there for no reason. First, I thought it was their kid because it looked like when you stepped on the cockroach, you got the same juice that was coming out of the kid's ear. But the kid's gone now, so that was completely wrong. But there has to be there has to be something more to that. But what a weird, cool, kind of interesting scene. I mean, obviously, there's something to this hotel as well, right? Ray's got uh, his be- poker face going on because he knows. But well, I I know, but I I. I'm not going to say this because I don't know. I can't remember if it was in the episode or not. So I'm not going to give that away because I don't want to do that. Um, But yeah, that fucking weird ass samurai. And if you can beat up Diego, (laughs) you a bad motherfucker. And like Diego was running for his life. Like you said, running. He was so scared. He left the fingers and was like, I'm out of here. Seeing Stan get Kugel Bliss was really sad, but hilarious the way it happened. But the best part about it is she admitted it ain't even his kid. And so now that made me feel so stupid. But he's someone's kid. He, right. But it but it's not hers. Right. right? And but that that made me feel stupid because to to our knowledge, Diego's only been with one one person, Lila. And that happened two seasons ago, or a season however long it was. Season ago. two. Right. But in the timeline, it was like six days ago. <laughs> So how did she come back with a twelve-year-old? And well, he was like, "Yeah, that's my kid." What if she didn't age? If she was jumping around time like five, possibly, while the kid sat for twelve years in a different timeline, that could have happened. Sure, but Lila's not going to do that because she was raised by um, whatever the lady was with the company. Yeah. Oh, the uh, handler. Yeah. So she, all she knows is jumping around and and getting out of there and going different places. So. I, who's, it, the, who's the mother-daughter 
combo from is it Marvel where the mom with oh no that's is that DC Suicide Squad the 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 lady in charge and her daughter is also a part of oh uh, Amanda Waller Peacemaker right isn't it a yeah. Peacemaker right yeah kind of reminded me oh of that yeah, 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 yeah 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 I mean, if you if you want to use some of the times that Mystique tricked uh, Rogue into working for, her. yeah, that's 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 you're getting way way that 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 that's some interesting conspiracy shit there, Ray. So you know, just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you mentioned five. Let's talk about five. He uh, we get to see Pogo, um, and then we get this interesting backstory that explains a lot of uh, what happened with the Sparrow Academy because uh, Pogo's training him. He's their sensei and. Mr. Hargreaves' dad wants to send the Sparrow Academy on this suicide kamikaze sort of mission that Pogo's like, fuck that. They're not ready for this. Um, Pogo gives him some sort of pills that I don't know what happens. I did notice how Alfonso, uh, his condition obviously degraded significantly between this event and when he gets, you know, killed by Harlan in in this season. So something went on with him. Uh, But Pogo gets fired by Reginald. He leaves. He goes and becomes a tattoo artist. Five tracks him down, and you get the what is it? What is it? This Project Oblivion, Ray? Is that what Oblivion? And you yeah. only get the beginning kind of idea about what's going on. And they didn't really tip their hand too much as to what Project Oblivion is, but it's obvious that Pogo and you know Five showing him the tattoo and and Pogo kind of talking to Five about what's going on. So we're going to get more about that, but. Uh, go back to you, Ray. Your first thoughts on, on five meeting up with Pogo, getting some back important backstory on the Sparrows, what makes them tick, and just how they ended up like this. So, I'm glad I'm, I really want to talk about this because I alluded to this last week and earlier in the season. Um, uh, because this episode, that little this little tidbit is important to note why Ben is the way he is. So, number first and foremost, I. The pills to me were always about Reginald, not about the Sparrows. And the from the way I took it with Alfonso is that the older he so Alfonso's power is every hit he takes, his body does that. So I just took that as Alfonso being older, because that was years before. I just took that as him being older, which is why he has the extraness. I don't know. But the part where so Marcus is number one. Ben is number two. Ben was number one and wanted to be number one, but wasn't good enough. And so you see in that fight, him fighting Jamie and not going to the, not like he's choking her out. And Jamie's like, no, I'm not tapping. I'm not giving up. And uh, I believe if I'm, if I'm wrong, correct me, but doesn't he stop? And then uh, I got it the other way. No, Pogo, Pogo wants him. Uh, Pogo says, you know, he he's wants Jamie to quit. Reginald yeah. says she'll tell us when she's had enough and she yes. ends up winning. She stabs yes. him with the with the piece of whatever is sitting there Thank you. and then she kicks the bell. Thank you. That was it. Um but it but that that whole little moment was so telling of the dynamic of the of them and why Alfonso and Jamie seem to be their own subset with everybody else. And it also I think goes to show you that Marcus was the only straight laced one of the bunch. Well, actually it and it also gives you the reason why Ben can't be the number one because he's too interested in Hargreaves is thinking about what he's doing instead of actually getting the job done. And that's his whole problem. 100%. Now going forward to oblivion. Um, the only thing that this episode really 
uh, kind of alludes to is the symbols on the tattoo. Um, but uh, the little, the little kind of chase when Pogo's running away and Father got to fight the mothers and then like chase them down to the trailer park. That was fun. Uh, but it's got the gun under the table. Yeah, I would like to have seen more Pogo. Uh, but I mean, you know, it gave me what I needed. Ray tipping his hand, Tony, that there is no more, no more Pogo in season three. Apparently, that's all we're going to get out of him. Thanks for ruining that for us, Ray. I appreciate it. But I mean, there, there's <laughs> like 20 main characters, and one isn't going to be there the next episode, and he may. Oh, so Pogo's the, only, Pogo's the only one who doesn't make it to the end now, Dave. He just keeps giving more away. God, you got to love Ray. The total package right here on Bandwagon <laughs> Nerds. Um, so... Interesting interchange between Luther and Ben, I thought, at the beginning of the episode, where Luther kind of explains to Ben why his they've got these sort of feelings about him. And Luther trying to tell this version of Ben, I think, you know, my version's in there somewhere. I thought that was interesting. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Ben's Ben seems to wrestle, like you guys are saying, with um, his own feelings of I'm not good enough to be number one. And, and how do I reconcile that? Well, you don't. That's the one thing. And he seems to be trying to struggle with that. But last thing I want to talk about, Klaus, who hangs out with his dad, uh, Reginald, who is fascinated with Klaus and is going to try to help him figure out what makes him tick. And I don't know if he electrocutes him to death at the end of this thing or what he does, but the yeah the Klaus-Reginald relationship continues to be one of the fun parts of this show. And, and, and this... And you get to see like Reginald at the beginning where he's uh, on the sparrows getting ready to send them into this nightmare oblivion scape sort of thing. And this version who's seems to be interested in what's going on with Klaus, but not exactly. Uh, Tony, what were your thoughts on the Klaus and Reggie sort of thing? I know you like Mr. Hargreaves. So how are you feeling about this? I love Klaus as well. I think, I mean, Hargreaves in any timeline, his whole mission is just to prepare whoever is the sparrows or the umbrella or whatever fucking uh, rain stopping or bird entities you could think of that he named, you know, in different timelines, these groups of people. The after. Raven but, Academy, the Eagle yeah, Academy. The yeah, Academy. like the Commander we're, we're Academy. The oh, God. Yeah, we're the Galoshes Academy, okay? Um, <laughs> so... He's obviously helping Klaus work on his powers. So his powers are that he can't die or he comes back to life, right? So what, how do you improve that? What is important about that? So I think there's just the one person we're not thinking about is Hargreaves, in my opinion. So I, I don't know. I'm loved, I can't, I want to see more Klaus. I love Klaus. I love him to death. I love to just party with Klaus for the weekend. Doctor Evil Ray, is that what we're we're going in that direction? I'm just I'm just saying, tiny cooking with the uh, the lash sauce. Um, I will say one thing, one thing, one thing only: the relationship between Klaus and Reggie is extremely important for the rest of the series. I don't doubt it because yeah, well, Klaus, it, it has to be because there's how many of those kids, and he's the only one hanging out with them, right? <laughs> I thought one of the things that uh, Reginald says to Pogo in that er opening scene where they're doing the training is uh, Pogo asking him about his humanity and Reginald's like my humanity, which, of course, ties back into the whole thing that we don't think Reginald is exactly a human being, that he could be an alien, which I think we saw a little allusion to that in season two. So we'll see what they do with that whole thing. But um, yeah, another another really solid episode. This way, this series continues. This season continues to just 
impress every single week with more complexity, more depth. Um, you guys, final thoughts as to episode six of season three. Tony, what are your final thoughts? Anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm just, I don't know, whatever they all got to fucking come beat, they all got to come together to beat, apparently. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I just I just really enjoy this season. Ray, I know you've seen the uh, the season to the end. I get the distinct impression that not all of our friends are going to make it out of this season alive. Um, you don't have to tip your hat about that, but you know, if you can kind of detach yourself from what you know and kind of mm-hmm. just go with where we are so far, mm-hmm. do, you, do you agree with that? That it doesn't seem likely that everybody's making it out of this alive. I mean, well, nobody ever makes it all the way out, out alive except for the umbrellas. So yeah, I'm not, yeah, I, I completely agree with that notion of, of with the Kugel Blitz, when Stanley died, anybody can die, right? Um, so, yeah, anybody can get it. Even if the umbrellas, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them don't make it or all of them. I don't know. Because, there were, I mean, we know now there's a season four, but at the time there was a chance that this would be the end. So, you know, we don't know. Um, and to Tony's point, with so little sparrows left and so much unrest between the um, umbrellas, and the Kugel Blitz happening, like you would think that something's going to have to happen between both of those teams to figure the shit out. So, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned it, Ray. You raised a great point. We got word this week that we will get season four of the Umbrella Academy, and it will be the final season of the show. Um, which you know, I, and and I'm thrilled that it's going to get a season four. Sure, I think like anything like Lock and Key. I know Ray loves that show, but like Lock and Key, like Tony and I, the way we feel about it. It's bittersweet to know that this is the end, that sort of thing. Stranger Things Season 5, Walking Dead, all these shows that we've grown up loving coming in the end. But like you guys talked about earlier, we Umbrella Academy is now in uncharted territory where it's not based on comics, and that's fine. But you guys' thoughts, we're getting a fourth season. That's great. Ray, I'll go to you first because you know how Season 3 ends. And mm-hmm. so... A, are you, you know, obviously you're not surprised about a season four, but the way season three ends without giving away spoilers, do you mm-hmm. think season four is a logical place to end this show? Season two is perfect. The way it ended was perfect. The way this season ends, I don't ever need to see another episode again. So they're really going to have to do, I mean, like there are no, no show ends without some open items or questions or things. So yeah, there's things that you wonder, you know, how, why, if this, so many, so you know, this, so on and so forth. But it ends on a perfect, the perfect cliffhanger, yet the perfect finality. So for them to come back season four, they there has to be, they got to be coming with something heavy and really good, or else it's just a cash grab. And if it is a cash grab, I'm still going to watch. But like, from a story standpoint, when you see what, so... Uh, we'll be talking about this actually on episode 150. How about that? Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's, so that's perfect. You don't think we almost planned that, but we're not that clever. Just no pulling the curtain back like She-Hulk talking to the four, you know, breaking the fourth wall. We're not that clever. I'm talking to somebody over there, Ray. One of the 24 is over there somewhere. <laughs> One of the 24. I thought it was 32 now. It might be 32. It's like football signals. So you're. it sounds like you're saying you don't think there was a need for season four, uh, that season three ended perfectly, but you're going to watch mm-hmm. it anyway. Tony, your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know how this ends up because you and I are, are 
are sticking to the script. You know, this is not like The Rock. This is where we go off the script. Nope. We're staying on the script, Tony and I. Um, you know, at this point, I'm like, you know, not knowing what Ray knows. At this point, I'm like, great. Yeah, season four. Give me more of this. I don't know if I'll share that opinion when we get to the end. And we'll talk about that on 150. But your thoughts on season four is is happening. It will be the final season. I'm okay with that. I mean, Ray seems to have some finality with three. And I'm sure we all will. But I'm guessing you could always cut to like the beginning of four is like, I don't know, whoever makes it through this year, this season, uh, is sitting on a beach, like enjoying thinking that everything's good. And then maybe someone's like, oh, damn, blah, blah, did you hear? And then then you cut to the, the music or something. And, you know, we've seen that a million times. So, so you're saying season, I'm, I'm here season, for season. Listen, I was done with The Witcher. I'm done with Lock and Key, but I'll take more Umbrella Academy. Tony's saying that season four is going to start like a Jason Bourne movie, Ray. That's that's kind of what I heard out of that whole thing, right? Yeah, we're going to have it's the Umbrellas against the Matt Damon Academy. Woo! That might be fun. They get a get the a Bourne, little, the get Bourne a little, Academy, the Bourne you gotta, Academy. You got to put that <laughs> on your Matt, da- Matt Damon is one through seven. You you got to put that in your Nerdomania. There no. you go. So, hey, that's for those of you who just remember that word in a few weeks. But yeah, let me tell you a match though that got cut from my card was the Invisible Man um, versus uh, uh, Daredevil's blind, right? No, okay. no, Daredevil isn't blind. He is blind. He's not blind. He is blind. He's Daredevil. Daredevil. He could see with his senses, but okay. technically okay, he's cool, blind, cool. right? The thing was going to be it was going to be the Invisible Man versus Daredevil in a blindfold match. <laughs> That's not fair. Daredevil's, <laughs> That's not gonna fair. Whoop, Daredevil's gonna whoop that ass in about two seconds, Ray. It's over. Not even fair. <laughs> no, the Invisible but Man versus, funny, trans, versus Translucent. Funny. There you go. In a blindfold. And match. throw it with with the Invisible Woman as the special referee. There you go. Yeah. This little storm. Yeah. Everybody in the crowd will be like, "What the fuck is going on? I have no idea." I can't I, I know shit. We, I, 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 I just know. Daredevil umpiring any baseball game. Ah, oh, damn it, ump, you're blind. <laughs> yeah, how do you know? It was a strike. Yeah. I, 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 know, I know GCW has ups and downs, but if you've ever seen The Invisible Man versus The Invisible Stan, it is fucking hilarious. Like, That's one of the best things I've ever seen. It'll be like The Invisible s- Man used to win uh, the Bruce City Wrestling uh, Battle Royals all the time. I, there we go. Be like that scene in Major League where Tom Berenger hits that home run and rounds the bases, and and Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes are then, oh, that was way out of here. It was gone. You know. <laughs> Speaking of way out of here and gone, let's talk. No, let's no, talk some She-Hulk, no, man. We are gonna no. piss Ray Cash off because Why don't you want to talk She-Hulk? It is inevitable. Yeah, like as it? much as Ray does not want to admit it is happening, it is happening. But let's talk about She-Hulk episode oh. two a little bit. Ah. Uh, Jen gets fired <laughs> for shulking out in the courtroom because it leads to a mistrial. And then she's very despondent trying to find a job. She gets hired by, ironically, the firm she was going up against because they've headed up a superhero criminal or superhero law division. And she gets assigned the case of Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. Abominations parole hearing, which, of course, leads to a potential conflict of interest. But Emil... And they they stick true to the law, and this has signed a conflict waiver so Jen Walters can represent him. Um, So that part is one thing, but it is kind of the things that are going on behind the scenes that have everybody talking. And let's let's take for let's let's do the Easter eggs first, okay? So 
the big the two big Easter eggs are Tony. I hope you know what I'm talking about here. I'm sure you do. So about six minutes in after Jen gets fired, she's sitting on the couch or the bed next to her paralegal. Ray's writing shit down. So I'm kind of frightened about this. Put a sign up. Yeah. So I, she's, I, I am with a sign. She's sitting there reading some online magazine. And for those of you who haven't caught it yet, this is important because on the right hand side of this e-zine, we'll call it internet magazine. There are two headlines. There's a third. You can't read all the way. I wish I knew what it said. Cause I was kind of curious, but I couldn't get down that far. I don't think they showed it, but the first one is very important. Probably the most important. One of the more important aspects of this episode Man. Read the second one first. Huh? Read the second one first. Read the second one first. Okay, so they finally acknowledge that's not that's not as important as right. The and they finally acknowledge the ex- everybody's been asking how is nobody talking about this giant eternal in the middle of the Indian Ocean? Well, here you go. There they finally mention it that there's why is there a giant human hand or whatever it is in the middle of the ocean? So there's the first acknowledgement that the Eternals, the events of the Eternals, have taken place. So it does help as far as time wise, especially with kind of the. Uh, you know what we see later on in this episode the bigger headline though is the one right above that that says man with metal claws gets into bar fight wolverine it's got to be wolverine right guys gotta be ray no it's dakin what no i'm playing it's wolverine. <laughs> i'm playing i'm playing <laughs> it would be would, would that not be cool if it was dakin and not wolverine i mean clearly i feige is the type of dude to use dakin and laura kinney and not have the old man Right. Yeah, I guess. I guess there could be a head fake of sorts. But I I think the the bigger thing is that when you read this, everybody's like metal claws. He's got adamantium. All right. Look, this is the beginning of of this appearance of this. Adamantium is a metal. It is. That's right. Ray. Very smart. Tony Wolverine apparently now has been confirmed in the MCU in a roundabout sort of Easter eggish way. But uh, I assume you caught that. And what are your thoughts on this thing, man? This is a this is a big, pretty big deal. I'm not a big um, X Men guy, unfortunately. Hang up the uh, call. Hang I know. Call. I know. Platt's probably losing his mind. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's great. I mean, it's just going to bring in a whole other dynamic, a whole other angle to everything that's happening. Um, who else could it be, though? Besides, well, in I that mean, universe, could it be? It could be Sabretooth, but I don't think that no nah, the metal Seven claws tooth. give it away no yeah that's true it's got claws are metal. Seven claws I, I, are metal yeah it, it you know what it, hey it could also just be something they're putting out there to just gauge the interest right no marvel's not like they they don't put stuff in for no reason they they yeah, they are very that. calculated about what they put in and, and where they put it in all so right. all right and what well, do you like x-men or... my, what did i what did i message you dave just in our own dm and I told you to ask me about it this week. You remember? Uh, something. It was something. What did What did you want me to ask you about? In fact, she why don't you just tell, tell me? <laughs> she. Why don't you just tell me what movie you want to watch? Um, shout out to Seinfeld. Uh, what if she's the one that brings the new Avengers back together? She's got her hand in everything that's going on, and that was just. You know, is it is it likely? Maybe not, but it's something to think about because. Here we're getting all this stuff from this show. She's going to have her fingerprints on a whole ton of stuff. She's she's doing uh, meta law. I, you know what I'm saying? So someone that understands what's happening understands the bad guy side of it, too, because she's going to be defending a lot of these people. So that could be a really interesting concept. At least have a hand in it. I don't know. It just 
a path to think about there too. That that's another another way to get to where you're going. Right, because there's no. I mean, at this point, we're assuming Sam's going to be the leader of the new Avengers, but that may be a presumption on our very presumptive on our part could be dr strange really this seems like phase four is kind of uh vetting people to see hey how are people reacting to certain things and we'll talk about some of the stupid shit that's going on out in the world near the end of this podcast but um yeah possibly tony sure i mean jen's got a different kind of temperament a, a a very you know as she gains confidence in her abilities you know she's very she is every bit the reluctant superhero and you see it in this movie that she doesn't want this fame she doesn't want to get this job solely because she can hulk out she feels very belittled she feels very marginalized by this crap she, she's also a superhero that hasn't had her powers for a while and like, it's got to take some to, adjustment as like, opposed to like the superheroes that grow up being superheroes or the superheroes that grow up wanting to be a superhero and figure it out tech wise, you know, i.e. a Tony Stark, a Batman kind of thing from from a different side of it. But yeah. I think there's a big difference in, in getting that onset late in life where you're already into exactly what you want to accomplish inside your own realm and how you want to do it. And now you have to figure out something completely different. And that's got to take some time. Also, she doesn't want powers. She has them unwi- unwillingly. She doesn't want them. She could, if she could get rid of them tomorrow, she would. Now, I'm not that saying get rid of it. Not, it's, I'm not saying get rid of it in the sense of Bruce. Maybe Bruce, get rid of it in the sense of Spider-Man, where let's just not let everybody know that I have them. Well, she never wanted to. It, it's, it was an accident. No, she I know. Wants but to I'm saying, life. I know, but I think yeah. deep down, she she likes wielding the power. She also likes being able to turn back. She I don't didn't think have she fun with Bruce on the island? No, yeah, but I mean, everybody can make the best of a bad situation. That doesn't mean she still wants it. Because if she if she, if she really enjoyed it, she would have just stayed there and did that. She went back to work. She went to her job. But she, mainly, you know she, she, was, she wasn't so mad about when she got the power. She was mad when she figured out that everything that she had wanted is going to change. Right, because she's more upset about... Yeah, but, but I'm saying, if she could go to like a Spider-Man thing where... He's like, let's make the whole world know that I don't have powers. She could still have her old job and just not ever show her powers, you know. I, I hear you. I disagree. I disagree hard because she was – maybe. I disagree. And you're hearing, um, Jimmy. You ain't listening. I have a, I have a Wolverine question for you guys. Um, first, and foremost, first and foremost, it would make sense that Wolverine would be the first of the traditional X-Men we would see. It just, it just makes sense to me because he is the oldest, right? Literally. But would you prefer in the MCU Wolverine to be younger, i.e. Taron Edgerton, or older, i.e. Carl Urban? Because those are the two guys that are being talked about a lot. It doesn't have to be those guys in general, but I'm saying, would you rather a younger Logan or like a older, grizzled Logan? I would want probably the Carl Urban version because that would more most closely mimic like when Hugh Jackman came into this whole thing about that same sort of, you know, Hugh Jackman was in his forties when he started, right? Same as Carl mm-hmm. Urban. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think we've seen too many portrayals as like young Logan uh, in too many places. So I think, I think people are going to ex- more be more willing to accept a Wolverine. Who's a little bit more of the grizzled veteran as opposed to some rookie out there who can't. And if you, and, you know, honestly, if he's already got metal and he's already got adamantium, we're well past the bone claw stage to the point that he's been experimented upon. He's been turned into Weapon X. Um, so I think it's got to be more, you know, 40-ish 
sort of character. So I would say Carl Urban would be my guess. Tony? Before I thought to before I thought to you, Tony, the reason I asked, because I, I would go younger, because we've seen every iteration. He's old. He's old. He's old. He's older. He's older. He's older. He's lived a life. I think it would be cool to see him right at the beginning, like of, of his stages where he's still a younger dude, right out of Weapon X, trying to figure it out. I think that could be cool. And we got a little bit of that in the original X-Men, but I mean, it was already an older dude to begin with, Hugh. And instantly he came, he went to the guy we knew. I think it'd be cool to kind of see that transformation. I think it's just going to depend on what kind of story they want to tell, what's going to fit better. I don't think we'll be disappointed with any as long as they put the right one into the right storyline. So no answer. Nope. <laughs> you, expected, you expected something from Tony? We're talking about a lawyer show. I'm lawyering you. All right, guys. Thanks. We're going to commercial. We'll see you back. And we got some uh, no, 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 wonderful no, no, trailer park stuff for you. No, yeah. we, we are not letting you off the hook that easy, young man. The total package. The total package is about to get fucked here. So, oh, so wait, man. before we do that, right, let's talk about Bruce, you know, because Bruce, the big, a couple big things. They they did in a tongue in cheekish sort of way acknowledge the fact that uh, Mark Ruffalo replaced Edward Norton. It's not that overt. It's just basically like, I'm like a totally different person now, literally. So, you know, okay, fine. Nice nod to that whole thing. The bigger issue is that Bruce is on the phone with Jen. The call gets cut off because Bruce is on the Sakaran warship and it warps out, presumably to Sakaar, creating the high, high, high likelihood that much of the chagrin of the Reverend Ray Cash, we are going in World War Hulk land. Um, Tony, you know what? I, I'm going to let, I'm going to raise pretty despondent right now. So I'm just going to let, I'm going to let it go over to you first, you know, Ray's pre hating this whole thing. Um, you know, your thoughts on, uh, Bruce is on a Sakaar and warship, presumably heading back to Sakaar. Why <laughs> is his wife there? And he just doesn't know it. Is his kid there? And he just doesn't know it. Is, is there, there's no way out of the world war Hulk scenario at this point. Right, Tony? Not necessarily. But it doesn't have to be a movie on its own. I love Tony, it? Tony, ever the diplomat, not necessarily Ray. See that? Giving you hope. Can it be a? Could it be a part of this? Could it be a part of another streaming or another movie? I mean, it it, it could be it could be the end of a movie and the beginning of another one. It could just be that easy. But yeah, Ray, you're probably fucked here. <laughs> Ray, you want to hold up that sign that you that you've got now? Is is it time? Boo! Um, so my real answer I just want you guys to imitate banjos again I'm sorry Ray go ahead <laughs> No, I, look I, trailer park yes no more of this we're done we've moved on um, the, so my real answer my real response is uh, I abstain and no comment but if you're gonna make me speak about it give me six minutes like Tony said let it be like at the back end of episode five and we never talk about it again Yes, this that's is what I want. Was She-Hulk ever? In, I, I'm not very familiar with World War Hulk at much, much at all. Is She-Hulk ever involved in that no. storyline? No. I didn't think so. She wasn't. Not at all. Maybe when he came back and trying to calm him down, but no. no. I'm just trying to think of where else it could fit in besides its own well, I think hour and forty-five the, to two hour and fifteen. The thing minutes. that I think I've made the comment. Um, could that be? Could you? Could could that be a streaming series? It could. And I think I made the comment in the chat this week that there is a very real if we're going to get World War Hulk version of Hulk coming back, that is every bit 
as big a threat for a big bad as Doom, as Kang, as Thanos, really. I mean, that's a deranged, irate, out-for-blood Hulk. That's Funny story. bad news, Ray. Bad news. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm as despondent as possible. Funny story. You know, uh, so when the Illuminati banished him in Planet Hulk and he came back, you know, he came back with his, with his, uh, the war born or the war whatever group, right? You know who it was who convinced him that it was the Avengers' fault that Sakaar blew up? It was Meek. Korg and Meek? That's right. It was Meek. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah, so Korg and Meek exist. But no. I, look, okay, so I, I will say this. Sing Scar, S-K-A-R-R, not, not, uh, not the, the king of Pride Mountain. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, not that scar, but like SKAR, Hulk's quote unquote son. That could be cool. But no. I'm I am so uninterested at like look, I will take Dark Phoenix part seventeen. And I will take Bruce and oh. Martha and them damn pearls forty more times before hey. I watch fucking World War Hulk. Blame Ray, because he, he... He brought up Scar from Lion King, but what about Pogo versus Rafiki? Oh, there's a there's a match for bandwagon for Nerdomania. We should also do the why did you why did you say that name match? There you go. That would be a good one to do. You know, just uh I don't know what it would involve, Ray, but hey why does anybody want this? I'm I true I am I, you guys have y'all know me well. I am the most open book possible. I will argue for anything as long as it has just the smallest modicum. Of a, of a point. Why does anybody want to see World War Maybe Hulk? it has something to do with the rights reverting to Marvel that Universal doesn't have it, and maybe it opened them up to do something that they couldn't do before, which I know it doesn't make any sense, but uh, but okay, well, maybe it does make sense, though, because they couldn't do a Hulk proper movie after the first one with Edward Norton because of the issues with Universal. Now those issues are, are seemingly gone. Maybe they want to f- do something. Maybe they always wanted to focus on Hulk, but it didn't work out for one reason or another. Now they're trying to go in and take one of the most important Hulk storylines ever. Probably, arguably, Ray, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, most important Hulk stories ever, I'd say, in the Can comics. We, it's uh, important. Yeah. Known, yes. It's probably the biggest story that you've, you've heard of as Hulk. But there's other Hulk stories. And how many stories are there comically we'll never get? We'll never get House of M. It's never going to happen now. I don't see it. Because I don't. I doubt Scarlet Witch is going to be involved in MCU in five years. When the mutants are really there enough well, yeah, they to had, say no more mutants. And they had their chance with WandaVision so, and they backed away from it. So Exactly. I'll, so like how, so like, there's a bunch of stuff that is a, a major stories. In, in the populace of, of comics, Marvel and DC, we'll never see. So fucking what? Let me give you two reasons why, why specifically, though, World War Hulk. Because that's a name, that's a title of a movie that people who aren't comic book fans are, are okay. like... I'll give you that. A, it's a dope name. A, and then, after Spider-Man, who makes more money in merchandise than the Hulk on the Marvel side? He's, Not a motherfucker. Yeah, no, I just completely disagree. Iron Man, any of the big three. Iron right now. Man, Cap, Widow, Captain Marvel. Hulk is not very high. He's not. And maybe they're trying man. to fix that. Maybe they're trying to fix He's that. Not. And I, I do think they want to get Hulk back to Black Panther. Yeah, they. I, I do think they kind of want to get Hulk. That they, they want to tell more stories about 
rage-driven Hulk, and and I don't know. We'll see. I know Ray's not happy. Before we close out on she we've had rage we've had rage driven Hulk since two thousand eight, bro. Yeah, but but but, Ray, they kind of dumbed that down a little bit by making him a little bit comical in some places, and maybe they maybe they want to show just how crazy and 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 dangerous this character is. I don't. We got that for fifteen minutes in in um south in in in, in, Johannesburg. There you go. You got it. Well, we saw Veronica in Age of Ultron when uh, Wanda right. did the thing to him and he lost his shit. We got it. He there got you it. go. So you got it 15 minutes of fame and that was good enough for you, Ray. All That's right. all we need. There's like 75 Marvel superheroes. Every hey, single one don't need a uh, movie. Before we get out, before we leave here, um, I did. There is another tie in. They they tied in what, like three or four different movies in this one episode of She-Hulk. Oh, we get the tie in the Shang-Chi because once Jen realizes she's going to represent Emil, Emil Blonsky, um, Abomination is broken free and he shows up in a underground fighting ring, which is, of course, we saw that in Shang-Chi. So, again, you're getting I think the one of the most important things of this episode is you're getting figuring out because Marvel has them. And of course also Ray, they also talked about what are the, my wife, when she heard it, she's like, Oh yeah, I've always wondered that your man Hawkeye with Jen's dad asking, Hey, does Hawkeye go and collect these arrows after he's done with them? And it's like, no, that's only Daryl in the walking dead who does that. But you wonder about Hawkeye. Does Hawkeye do that? So you've got, you've got all these sort of things that are kind of placing, where are we in the timeline? So we know this is running parallel to the events of Shang-Chi. We know this has happened after the events of Eternals. And we're guessing it's somewhere at or about the time of Hawkeye. So I think in that respect, it's kind of a, a, a you know, it's kind of like something in the background. But I thought, okay, this episode is important for telling us where are we right now. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way about that. Well, so they, we knew going into it, it was going to be extremely meta. And it was going to be, I know we, we, we've used the term a few, a few times this episode, but breaking the fourth wall of sorts. Um, so I just think these things are part of that kind of whimsical yet serious world that they're doing with She-Hulk. Because it's a very fun, very quirky, very upbeat series. But then like when she gets serious, it gets serious. Um, by the way, Hawkeye answered that question in the Hawkeye series. Like That's why they had to go and make more trick arrows because you can't you don't get them back that's right ray very good see i knew the hawkeye fan would have that tony your thoughts about them uh, kind of placing this in the in the whole timeline of where we are and what's going on around the uh marvel cinematic world it's all star wars is that what you're gonna say it's all star wars sure sure i don't think i could add anything more to it than you guys already have you know what i'm saying all right, man. I think I think this is good a place to we we've uh, we've gotten we've helped Ray get some of his rage out of his system. So I'm sure he feels a little bit healed. Ray, you feel better now, bud? That's I'm okay. still pissed. All right. But you feel a little bit better. I, I want I want no. to hear that you feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit better when they say we're not going to do this damn fucking movie and we'll find another Hulk story to tell. Like, how about. OK, you wonder what I would like to see. How about we tell the story of the Hulk transferring his powers or being additionally supplanted by Amadeus Cho, who ought to be about 15 years old. How about we do that? How about we bring, we get the story of Hulkling, who technically is a squirrel, but could be a squirrel that got the Hulk genes or something. 
Give me something else besides the same old shit, bro. Give you what you want. I got you, Bautista. Give me what I want. I got you, Bautista. I got you, man. So the good news for Ray is you may not have to talk about this much after this because we don't know what Patrick will do with She-Hulk after this point because he absolutely abhors reviewing multiple shows at once. So see, I'm breaking out the big words there. Um, so I, we'll see what he wants to do with it. But uh, I think this is as good a place as any to take our first commercial break. Uh, you are listening, of course, to Bandwagon Nerds, which is a part of the Chairshot Radio Network, right here on thechairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, you guys asked for it by popular demand back this week for the trailer park, the two-man human banjo machine, Ray Cash, PC Tunny. Go, boys. <clears throat> Me me me. This episode of Bandwagon Nerds brought to you by the movie Deliverance. This episode of Bandwagon Nerds brought to you by cocaine and fake banjos. <laughs> Let's get some real trailer park music here. All right, fellas, look, we got three trailers to go through this week. There was another, a couple other trailers. Like, I know Aesop had shared the Last of Us teaser trailer. The problem was you had to go through two minutes of, like, nothing to get to the actual 30 seconds of The Last of Us. I'm like, ah, I don't think we need to. They didn't disclose anything really new there. But uh, there were a couple, of, a few trailers. One of them, of course, is a really big one. The first one that I kind of put on here this week is a interesting movie, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, coming to Paramount+. Plus. On September 30th, 2022, uh, not far away. This one looks like, what do we got going on here, guys? We got uh, an Asian girl who escapes from a mental asylum. She's got mind control powers, um, and she doesn't want to be in this place any longer. So she meets, I don't know what's really going on. It looks kind of interesting. Tony, did you watch this trailer? And if so, what are your thoughts on this one? Someone decided to make a movie if Kimiko had freed herself and not hooked up with the boys. There you go. That's is that the same <laughs> actor? Is that the same actor? Or? It's not. Okay. It's not. It's not. Um, honestly, for uh, for a little bit of a kind of a thillerish kind of horror elements, I'm kind of intrigued. Kirk Robinson does a lot for me here. Um, big fan of his. But the first two movies we're going to talk about, the first two trailers we talk about, I, I have the same feeling about both of them. In 
the fact that they're very interesting. They're very interesting concepts. There's some really good actors in there, but it doesn't mean shit because they both look like ideas that could possibly be a hundred out of a hundred or straight to video. Um, so I'm really interested to see how well they've executed the concepts that they're trying to put forth to make you watch these movies. But having said that, this looks good. This looks interesting. And I, I hope there is more comedic element to it. And they kind of showed some of that by Greg Robinson lifting his arm up and getting mimed by her and having to shoot the gun and being scared. So I think I'm actually going to watch this one. Do you have Paramount Plus, Tony? And if not, is this a movie that would convince you to actually get it? I mean, I got it for I Halo. I got it for I Halo, have, so. I do have Paramount Plus. There's not many a streaming service I have. I don't have. I did recently get rid of Apple TV because I don't watch it. Really? Ted Lasso? I I, well, when that comes back, maybe I'll. You'll get it back. I don't know. Ray, your thoughts on uh, on this uh, first trailer for what I freaking zoned out. Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. What did you. Uh, what do you think of this one? Is this one uh, in your going to be in your watch list at the end of September? Absolutely, it looks really fun. It looks really quirky, really interesting. Um, Ray, I compared it to. I know you had to, you took a call and Ray wouldn't listen to the last. Ray, tape, hold on. I compared hold it on, to. Uh, hold on, Tony. Ray, were you on the phone with Universal begging them to take the Hulk rights back? Is that what you were doing? I can. Not, I can neither confirm nor deny. That's fair. I would like to see a World War Ray movie. You want to see someone Hulk out? <laughs> Just wait till wait till World War Hulk comes out. I said I uh, I I said Craig Robinson does a lot for me being in here, and I hope we get a good comedic element from him. But I also said this is Kimiko breaking out of this of where she was captured by and not hooking up with the boys. She broke out on her own. <laughs> I was gonna say because look, I have and no in no sense of the word or no way possible do I am I or do I try to do I consider myself or try to even give the possibility of someone who thinks that people of certain nationalities look alike but she really is playing the role of Karen Fukuhara fantastically as Kamiko like it looks so much like that um also Craig Robinson anything he does he's one of the gems of Hollywood that's the part <laughs> the part where they were doing the mime, there's something he said in the in the um, trailer that made me think that he's not doing that on purpose. Is that he said, "Don't look in her eyes." So she's got to have some type of power to where she can make him do that. Um, I'm thinking, uh, which gives the extra added. Oh no! Well, yeah, of, because she, to it. when when she's making him do that, she goes, "What makes you think you're in charge?" Yeah, 100. percent the interesting thing is, though, I think what will make the movie is the dynamic between her and the stripper and the stripper's son. That should be probably fun, too. But it looks those type of movies that, like, I would never spend a dime for regularly. But if it was on TV, I'd watch and I'd love and then end up buying it anyway. So, yeah, I will definitely be watching. And I do subscribe to Paramount+. Plus. Nice. So we will all be able to uh, watch this when it comes out. It does look like a really... Cool concept, a really cool movie. I think Tony's description of what would happen if Kimiko had uh, broken out and not hooked up with the boys. Okay, you can see some of that going on here. So it, it looks like a very, very, uh, yeah, definitely one worth checking out. The other one is a trailer for a movie coming out around November. I'm guessing around Thanksgiving is would seem to be the logical place to drop this one. 
It's called Slumberland with Jason Momoa, which looks like another really fun, heavily heavily fantasy-based movie about this land of dreams. It makes you wonder, will Morpheus and Sandman show up in there? Um, Which would be a nice kind of Easter egg, but it's not going to happen. But uh, at the same time, yeah, you've got Jason Momoa kind of taking this uh, kid along on these adventures in this dreamscape. And I, I thought, you know, I had not heard of this thing. I think I'll give credit. Aesop, I think, was the one who shared, uh, shared the trailer with us. Uh, Ray, I'll turn it over to you first. Slumberland looks like a really fun, kind of different Jason Momoa and a bit of a, you know, he's not known for his light roles. That's for damn sure. This one looks like it might be one of his lightest roles yet. So interesting. Polynesian Willy Wonka in the dream world. Dude. That's, that's, that's it, man. That is exactly what I was thinking. Jason Momoa grew up loving Charlie Chocolate Factory, and this is the closest role he could get. I will. I, I, I don't have anything to say about the movie. It's a. It's gonna be big. It's a big budget movie. Clearly, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna watch it. It'll be fun. Me and the kids will probably catch it. The only thing I want to say about the movie, though, is I am so hyped that people are taking Jason Momoa seriously as a serious actor and giving him real roles because he was typecast so long as just. The Kyle Drogo, just a big motherfucker. But like he can Aquaman. act. Dune, Dune showed mm-hmm. that he has some chops. He can act. And he doesn't and so, need facial hair to pull it off. He either. does, right? Dune. He didn't. Need, now this isn't one of them. This doesn't seem like one of those Oscar esque acting movies. But I mean, look who's played Char- the Johnny Depp. Uh, what's your boy? Um, Gene Wilder. Tom Hanks has done some. Some with, of course, old school. OG. But Tom Hanks has done some of this mystical stuff. This may be the thing that makes people realize, you know, he's a super duper star. I don't know. Tony. And yes, I do subscribe to Netflix. Is it a Netflix or is it going to be in the theaters? It looks like a Netflix. It's a Netflix. Movie. Okay. It's Probably a Netflix, both. You know, they're so putting Netflix movies in theaters now. I I would go see this in 3D in the theater. Only 3D. That's. Huh? Only 3D? So probably the only way I would watch it. I'm probably not going to watch it. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm such a big fan of 3D, and every time I look at a movie preview, I'm like, either it, either it speaks to me in 3D or it doesn't. And I mean, come on, guys, you watch the preview to this. This obviously is something that's IMAX 3D is just going to be absolutely. It like I said before with with, with um, the Blood Moon movie, it's a great idea. How good is the execution going to be? Yeah, it looks like uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I, I do like the. The um, analogy to uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka, that sort of thing. It's got that sort of maybe a little never ending story, a little bit of like, you, um, you know, Great uh, movie. yeah, I mean, it, it's got some it, you feel some of those elements and it's kind of wrapped around. Um, what's the one with the, the dream movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? Which one was that? Inception. Yeah. Inception. They, they seems to have a little bit of an Inception kind of vibe going on because it's so dream based, but not really. Maybe that's something just that I just kind of picked up on, but it looks like a fun movie. And, and I agree with you, Ray. It's good to see Jason Momoa get some critical acclaim, uh, put him in a different kind of role. Like I said, he, we're not used to seeing him. I mean, even Dune, as great as he was in that, that's not a lighthearted role. That was, uh, that was very, very serious. Are you so, doing he he. To to be fair though, he was the heart of the movie. Dune, I think. Yeah, I I, I could I could. And Oscar Isaac to a certain extent, but like he was the heart of the movie to me. Yeah, I I don't I don't have a real issue with that that statement. So, yeah, we'll see what happens around November when this one comes out. It looks like it's going to be 
very good. I, I did. I, I wanted to give a shout out. There was another trailer that not on our list, but the uh, they're doing a documentary on Obi Wan Kenobi, kind of a behind the scenes sort of thing. That looked really, really good. I, I, I forgot to add that one on here. We'll see what happens with that. But of course, the big trailer that came out this week, two and a half minutes, Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Power. Tony's checking out right now because we know how he loves Lord of the Rings. Ray's going to sleep as well. Am I the only one here who appreciates Lord of the Rings, Ray? So look, there's Hulk versus we could do. There's Hulk Immortal that we could do. There's the Gray Hulk. <laughs> I watched. I watched the trailer. You know, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Hulk of the Rings. Um, Hulk of let hey where's uh where's Gandalf one Hulk to rule them all there you go there's your there's your neuromedium match right there send send Hulk send Hulk bitch ass over to fucking Middle Earth and let him take that shit over instead of Sakar I'm with that that would be fun turn Hulk loose in Middle Earth man that would be some crazy shit don't gotta see that and who's a better archer Legolas or Hawkeye Hawkeye I'd say Hawkeye listen. I got to tell you guys, I just had a great idea with us doing the Nerdomania stuff is that I think DP and I could uh, steal a lot of ideas from some of these cards and some of the Lego stop animation we're going to be doing here in the next year or so. Ooh, all right. I'm, I'm with it. I'm down Might with be that. able to actually execute some of these matches or storylines um, as you all come in to direct your own episodes. I'm there. I'm there. But. So- so let me do this. Go ahead. Are you going to say something about Lord of the Rings or is it more Hulk shit? I, I really am. All I right. really am. So All right. I'm, I'm going to try to do something hostly. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Things. Locks and keys. I could go on that drive. But no, I want to be legitimate because I know Lord of the Rings is huge. Millions and millions and millions of people love it. Dave, particularly, you love it. Tony and I may not be in, but I want to hand it to you. What did you think of it? Yeah, there's a lot going on in this trailer. I, I will say, and I think I posted it out to you, Ray, after it came out, that uh, it's already being review bombed. The fucking show hasn't even come. These guys are review bombing a trailer because Lord of the Rings fans have just come out in mass and they don't like it because it's not. This is deviating from the Silmarillion and all that kind of shit. It's like, oh, Jesus, you know, we haven't even we haven't even seen the first episode and people are shitting all over this thing because it's not my Lord of the Rings Look, I thought it was very good. I think there's a lot going on. You can see kind of the different races are all being uh, represented in some respect. Galadriel is clearly the focus of this whole thing, and I'm fine with that. You know, to tell that kind of story, uh, you it, it it just it looks like it's it's. I mean, I'll say this: the production values are off the chart. This is a you can tell this is a big, big, big budget sort of series. You know, this is not. One of these things people complain about the CGI and She-Hulk even to this day. You can tell from just from this is like they have spent a shit ton of money. Amazon has to make this look, you know, a lot of the stuff like Patrick had complained about Wheel of Time and some of the special effects and that another really big budget prime project. I don't think you're going to have any of those complaints with Lord of the Rings. They look like they have opened up the bank vault on this. Uh, If, you know, if they can capture the big thing for me is you see elements of it in this trailer if they can capture the magic in the and what made the original trilogy so awesome and translate that to a episodic series, I think this show is going to really, really, really be awesome. So I'm encouraged. I like the trailer. We'll see. I'm not going to prejudge anything off of a two and a half minute trailer. That's for sure. Forgive my ignorance, because, again, I'm sure I've seen one, if not multiple, but I don't remember it. What was the magic? That made him so. You said if they could cap, if they could 
revisit or relive some of the magic well, from I, the I, original I, three. I mean, the mad. What you mean, like the what made the movie so magical? Or, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It just like be, I think part of the problem or part of the thing was it was like turning that book into a movie was looked upon as an impossible task for so long. You know, they tried it with an okay. animated thing, and it was pretty good, but not great. And I think the fact was that this is one of the most beloved stories in the history of, of mankind. Anything that's, I mean, it is the fantasy story. There is no other story that matches it as far as, fan, you could throw anything you want, Chronicles of Narnia, whatever you want to throw against Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is the story. And there was so much doubt that you could actually bring that world to life, that to see it actually brought to life and see it done as well as Peter Jackson did it, created something that you just exceeded when you get something that exceeds expectations so massively that's where you get those kind of moments and the magic about that original trilogy that the hobbit series tried to match it but it just didn't have its heart and if this one can match that and 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 replicate some of what made those stories so good this has a shot at being a really really tremendous series so it sounds like to me from the outside looking in because we have spoken ad nauseum in per- the pub, uh, privately between me and you and on the show about the kind of some of the pitfalls and the the criticisms of phase four. It sounds to me like be- the same thing that helped the MCU at the beginning is the same thing that helped the Lord of the Rings trilogy at the beginning, which is the lack of expectations. Nobody expected that they could do it to the level that they did. Now we have expectations. We've had... 20 some of my movies of MCU, every single one of them being fantastic, except for Thor The Dark World. We've had three Lord of the Rings movies, and two of them won Oscars, and one of them is considered the best movie maybe ever. Like, so could that lead to, I know you've said it's been review bombed, but could that lead to there being a letdown of sorts? With yeah, absolutely. I, I think comparing Lord of the Rings to the MCU is a little of an apples and oranges sort of thing, just because Lord of the Rings was based on this massively deep uh, book. And, and the MCU was based loosely on some ideas from some comics that we wanted to turn into some coherent storyline that evolved over the years. I think, you know, you got to say so. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely think that their, their expectations could be very high and they could go unrealized. That's for sure. There are people who are not going to like the story that's being told. Wheel of Time had the same problem. I liked Wheel of Time a lot. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, you know, issues with special effects here and there, notwithstanding, I, I really liked it. People, a lot of the heart, like my nephew's the biggest Wheel of Time fan. I had no idea what the show was until he got me into it. Um, he was very mixed on it because they deviated from the storyline. And, you know, it's okay. Sometimes you got to do that. You got to, you got, I think the biggest problem that we've got with a lot of the stuff that we love right now, Ray and Tony, I'm sure you'd agree, is you've got a segment of people who say, and I love Aesop to death. I know he's got the same complaint in a few places about some of the stuff that we've seen where they've got the source material and then they're doing these shows that deviate from that. And I think we're at the point now where it's clear you've got to accept that there are different distinct properties that you're dealing with you've got the stuff in the comics and that's fine and that's great and that's there then you got the stuff that they're bringing on screen which is loosely based on these things from the comics but if they want to deviate let them tell the story that they're going to tell before you prejudge it and there's way too much just prejudging going on of things well this isn't the story that i'm used to doesn't make it bad just makes it different 
everything can't be from the comics can't be put on screen. Daredevil slightly did Born Again. I know they're doing a Born Again. Okay, Whatever. but that's a great. Ex- if you think that Born Again is going to mimic what was in the comics, it's not. That's what I'm saying. If if uh, Karen Page goes through what she went through in the comics on TV, they shut it down. Wouldn't be allowed. Didn't she kind of go through that on the series already? Sort of. No, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't run into prostitution. Okay. and was on the no, like all that's in the comic. You know what I'm saying? The only the only bad thing that happened to her was she took um the the writer's spot and became the writer, okay. the the journalist. But nothing bad happened to her other than Daredevil, not Daredevil, um, Bullseye trying to kill her because he knew she had a link to Daredevil. But anyway, I'm sorry. I just was curious. It's funny, but it's funny though, uh, hindsight's 2020, because if you look at it, like for Age of Ultron was almost critically panned. And now 10 years later, people are real, with the MCU as, Almost every movie in the past seven or or show has referred to it in some form or fashion. And people are going back and like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. In time, I feel like people will go back and be like, you know what? It wasn't as bad as it was. We and, thought and Age of Ultron's a really good example, Ray, because the Marvel couldn't tell, even assuming they wanted to tell the Age of Ultron story that we all wanted them to tell, they couldn't because they didn't have the rights to all those characters. So they told a yep. different story that, Yes, you know, when you look at it in the grand scheme of the first three phases, you're like, it's kind of like the, the the redheaded stepchild of this whole thing. It's like, why did we insert this great character for one movie just to bring the Avengers back together? And it really didn't. I say it doesn't matter, but it does because you got the creation of Vision and the Mind Stone and that sort of thing. But yeah, I I, th- I feel you. And I think, you know, there's a lot of places we're going to go back and, and look at some of this stuff and say, oh, I get it. You know, and now it makes sense why they did it that way. Yeah. It's so important. It's the first time we find out about the Infinity Stones. It's the first time uh, that uh, we really see, if you don't count a post-credit scene, uh, Wanda and Pietro. It's the first time you really realize that Hydra is done done. Like, uh, it's, it's, such, it's so important. And to, it's, you, it's, the, begin, it's the, the beginning of the new Avengers, right? It's, it's, so, it's a majorly important movie. And but I'm I'm done. I'll shut up. No, I'm, no, I'm I, I think I'm done too. And we know Tunney doesn't care about Lord of the Rings. Although I wish to God I could convince him to check it out. I, I wish you could, Tunney. You wouldn't even have to watch. Okay, but this is this is different. This isn't a three and a half. Tunney's telling me he tried no, three I times. No, I tried three times. I know you tried three times. You fell asleep every time. These are be shorter. You can make through forty five minutes to an hour, Tunney. Come on, got to give it a shot. Yeah, if you could, if you could take me back to the actual time in which the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out and try to convince me to watch this. It's a possibility because there was a lot less out there to consume, but there's no way in fucking hell that this is ever coming up on my radar with the infinitesimal amount of content being able to be consumed on streaming right now. I wish this, I I hope though that this is all that you want it to be Dave, because you are, you are, you're my best friend. Speaking of, and speaking of infinitesimal content, Go to thechairshot.com. We have news, reviews, and all the other types of content that you can get podcasts such as this one, such as the DWI podcast, such as the, well, 
Maybe soon to return the Outsider's Edge. Who knows? Possibly. Maybe, maybe the return of the return total of package. You never the know. The total package. Maybe, I think maybe that's a new T-shirt. That's the new T-shirt, right? I think someone else has a has a, a trademark on that. But speaking of T-shirts, yeah. head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick yourself up a chair shot T-shirt. Plenty of variety there for you to be the hit of any place you go. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick it up in soft style. Makes a great gift as well. It's so great when I don't even have to cue these guys to do the commercial, be leading into the commercial. You guys are awesome. I'm just saying, man, you're World War Ray, notwithstanding, which probably is the title of this episode, World War Ray. But anyway, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, oh, you are so listening. You made my day. I'm here for you, buddy. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds right here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, guys, it is time for some news around the Nerdosphere. And, of course, a new segment that the show that we kind of started last week that I'm kind of hoping that Patrick rolls with this thing because it is time, Ray, for this week's edition of the WB Sucks. Why do they suck so bad? <laughs> because they make stupid decisions. <laughs> I mean, when when you're when you're doing this dumb shit like they're doing, it it makes it it make yeah. I mean, the suckage factor goes up. So, yeah, it seems like not a week goes by, and I I mean, I think we're kind of tracking this. Ray PC knows it as well. That you know, you look at the going into the week with all this optimism and high hopes that the WB won't be, do something stupid, and about Monday afternoon, that's all gone. You know. <laughs> so what do you got, Ray? Tony, you got the echo mic? Is that it? Go for it. The WB sucks. That's awesome. All right. Now, hopefully, Tony hasn't muted himself like the last time he used the Echo mic. You <laughs> can't get him back. So um, so this week, we got news. First off, and this kind of led to a, an interesting uh, side sort of article that I just kind of found today. <laughs> raises some interesting possibilities. But we got the news that... Batman, Cape Crusader, the who's it? Isn't Bruce Tim? Isn't that who did this show, Ray? If I'm remembering this correctly, it's a Bruce Tim. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the Cape Crusader, the Batman animated series, got the axe from HBO Max. They are not going forward with this baby. Um, it's not all hope is not lost because multiple outlets, Netflix, Apple, Hulu, have all kind of chimed in saying that they might want to pick up the uh, the fumble here and run with this bad boy. Uh, one of the more interesting things that I posted before I turn it over to you guys, Kevin Smith kind of, you know, I love Kevin Smith for stoking the fires of uh, of optimism and craziness saying, hey, what if Disney Plus decided to take Batman Cape Crusader and threw it out there? Kevin Smith saying the best way to, for Marvel to own DC is to own DC. <laughs> so I was like, I stopped for a second. I said, that's very interesting. You're at first. I'll turn it over to PC Tunney first. Your thoughts on. Batman, Cape Crusader, getting another casualty of the Warner Brothers Discovery clusterfuck. And, you know, should Disney really seriously consider acquiring a Batman franchise? Why the hell not? And throw it out there. What do you think, man? Um, I'm just looking back on our notes here. Apple TV, 
Hulu and Netflix are all highly interested as well, aren't yes. they? Yeah. And Hulu, so I, I, Hulu is owned by Disney, so that kind of is a thin <laughs> separating line there. So, but Apple TV and Netflix seem more likely to jump into the DC pool with whoever else, maybe. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't really care where it goes. As long as great content is being put out and there's an avenue to consume it and it's not being disrupted by petty quarrels between entities, I'm fine with that. I don't see that being the case, though, with Disney. It seems more like a stick-it-to-you kind of thing. Um, you know, if I was Disney, I would just focus on what you're doing right now. you got enough on your plate with Star Wars and Marvel. I get Batman is huge. It's bigger than anything you have in Marvel. But nonetheless, I don't think that that's there. They're not helping their cause, I don't think, by doing this. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion. Ray, should should Disney take like the AEW approach here and buy all these cast offs to not only I mean for this, it makes okay, so look, does does it buy make all sense? Cast offs. Is Disney calling I mean well David look, Zaslav yeah, to look, get all the let's be honest, shows? comparing Batman to Adam Cole is like comparing gold to fucking pyrite, you know, that sort of thing. But um, I, I know God I'm going. I, I went there, folks. I went baby. there. Baby. Baby. Sorry, Adam. I love you, but you ain't Batman. So I'm you're just going to go there. Bitch. Yeah, you're not. You're not the Dark Knight. <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> six, three. Ray, I guess the question, <laughs> the question for you is. I love, I love when they hit harder, like five seconds later, like you get the first laugh and then five seconds later, they're like six, three. World War Ray. That should be your new fucking handle for the next until World War Hulk comes out. It should just be World War Ray. So let me okay, pose this. Tony says Tony says that DC should just or Disney should just focus on what they've got. Star Wars, Marvel, the animated stuff. Should they be taking a look at acquiring something like a Batman at this point? I mean, you know, would they would that be smart business on their part? Well, well, I think. First and foremost, let's, speak, let's talk about what's most likely. I think more than likely is, and most likely actually, is going to probably be Netflix or Apple TV because we are shopping not the rights to Batman, not the rights to Batman the character, but just the actual series, Batman the Cape Crusader. So it's more likely they'll get it. But wait, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, my, oh my God, that's Kevin Feige's music playing. Are that's Kevin Feige's music playing. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Kevin Feige is coming to the I was going to say Impact Zone but to the arena um, should they no could they sure would it be a stroke of hilarity yes will they no that's the most no. important question to no because Feige doesn't the rest, care the rest of it it's all conjecture in here yeah it, no it doesn't they, 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 they wouldn't do this because I know, so I know people want to believe that uh, Marvel and DC are like Bloods and Crips and like it's fighting they're on not, site. They're not. They actually get along really well. <laughs> so they would never do Colin this. transfers back and forth. Like it's like the territory days back in ro- wrestling. It's just, yeah, I'll take, a, I'll take a few of your writers. You can take a few of ours and it's all good. Yeah, there's no true animosity. It's not, you know, nobody's tampering with contracts over there. So you're, you bring up a good point. Um, it, on that, however, though, the rivalry between Disney and Netflix, that's a little different story, though. That's true, which is why Disney Plus, I don't think Disney Plus would ever get it for their platform. But Disney would get it for Hulu, sure, because you can watch still watch Batman movies on Hulu. Mm-hmm. 
like um, Mask of the Phantasm, I think, is still on Hulu. Like, you can still watch Batman stuff because Hulu, while it's owned by Disney, is its own self-governing uh, entity, so to speak, right? Um, but I think it's, it's more likeliness is that it ends up on Apple TV or Netflix. It just makes more sense for those platforms. If you buy a car as a tank again, and after that runs out, you can't put any more gas in it. Why would you buy that car? Because when you flip that shit for about three thousand for th- for thirty thousand dollars, when you bought it for twelve, you got a good ass profit. See, the thing is, the thing is, yeah, but again, it, we're just talking that, about we're talking about right a Mercedes show. dealer's interest in it, though. Not like like what do they care about a Toyota Corolla that you can't put more any more gas in it when it's done. So okay, we're talking. So if they were to buy the rights to the show, and let's just assume it's one season, one season, ten episodes. Just assumptions here. I get, I get the profitability point of it, and I get the stick intuitiveness, but why waste your why waste your uh, time in that space when it could be better used somewhere else? Is my opinion. the show's already going to be finished by the time it's going to sell. All they got to do is put it on the platform and make money, and it's going to be selling low because everybody knows they got to get rid of it. What's the downside? I now if they if they sold the idea and Marvel had to develop it. Had to cast for it, had to produce it. Yes, the show's going to be done by the time they sell it. Why not? It's an interesting concept, man. It just seems like we're musky fishing, and all of a sudden you want to go catch a minnow. Look, man. <laughs> if, okay, right now, right now, Tony. Right. We're now, not going to change each other's mind. No, we're not. But I'm just saying, legitimately, right now, if you walked outside and there was a brand new box of uh, a 70 inch TV sitting outside in your yard. And it's a, it's a note on it that says, it's yours. You're going to sit there and just let it stay outside, or you're going to bring it in the house and use it? That's completely different. To no, it's not. It's the I same mean. thing. No. You don't want it to be the same. No, because I can continue thing. to use that TV until over and over and over and, and over again. And you can have the rights to Batman and I Cape Crusader forever and ever and ever. And you can use that series like forever that. and ever and ever and ever and ever. But you can... Only watch the WB on it now. You're so obsessed with it the word Batman. Really no. great, but not anymore. You're, you're obsessed with the word Batman. We're not talking about the character. We're talking about a series. I understand. Okay, so the series will be watched for the rest of eternity. They'll make money off the series for the next 40 years. Tony's making you to be Chris Platt this week, Ray. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. So, But he's, but he's acting like, okay, some people are going to watch it for six months. I'll never watch it again. They're going to watch it forever. Interesting. We'll see where this show ends up. It, it's it's certainly a feather in the cap of anybody who's going to take it and run with it. But I, I tend to agree with you guys. I could see it being Netflix. I could see it being Apple TV, Hulu, Dark Horse, I'd say at this point. But you never know. Um, speaking of DC, though, and what's going on over there with the, the clusterfuck, let me flip this around a little bit before we get to the maybe <laughs> promising story. But we got news that uh, two big time... DC movies are getting delayed. Uh, Shazam 2 getting pushed to 2023. Aquaman 2, who the hell knows when that's coming out, but that's getting pushed back as well. The disturbing thing about this article is that there's belief that DC only has the money. WB, DC only has the money to release two of these big budget movies this year. Uh, Black Adam has to come out because if they delayed that, I think personally, I think Dwayne Johnson would go down to David Zaslav's office, rock bottom him, on the floor, hit him with the people's elbow and say, I fucking quit. 
So I think they probably were like, okay, we can't do that to Black Adam. We're too heavily invested. The other movie, I don't remember what it is called, um, what it is. But the fact is, <laughs> the fact that Warner Brothers Discovery only has the money to release two movies this year and has to push the other ones into another fiscal year entirely. What a clusterfuck. Ray, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Uh, your thoughts on another just piss poor financial management by whatever's going on over at WB Discovery. And now some stuff's getting delayed, man. Uh, so my, my, I have one question. I understand mergers and the thought process behind them. It opens up a bigger world for you. It opens up a bigger opportunity for you and markets and 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 and, and then uh, ideas in places you never were. Cool, whatever. Market your market share grows. I feel you. I got it. But in this situation where cost cutting is essentially so bad that you possibly can only release two big budget films a year, especially considering this year, my question to you is: How did you intend to still make money? That's that's my question to you. Because the what the you're you're going you're gonna make operating costs by just the shit you already have on HBO Max, the things that already are released. Because you can go I can go back and watch HBO Max and go see this anytime I want. And go back and do whatever. Cool. It's the new shit that comes out that puts you over the top. Black Adam's gonna make five hundred million, if not more. It's going to just because the rock is starring in it, right? But Aquaman's what another discussion because it's not finished yet. Okay, whatever. Shazam is essentially finished. It's finished enough that you've released multiple trailers of it to come out this year. Just released one at Comic Con and Just touted it. brand new out of nowhere. You release this trailer, say it's coming out, and then what? Two weeks later, oh, we're gonna delay it. That's, that's what I'm it saying. Makes like, you look so bad. It does, so, and that's why I'm asking the question: How do they intend to make profit? I'm really curious because it ain't going to be all stocks. How do they intend to make profit? They keep undercutting the main moneymaker of their company. I am blown away. I, it doesn't make any sense. And this is Aquaman's third time being moved. Third time. And you can make every excuse in the book. You can make the excuses that this is, you can blame a lot of this on, um, what's the girl, Amber Heard, and maybe having to recast her. You can make the excuses in, we're redoing the DC Universe, we want to still do this movie. Whatever you want to do, cool. But it, it's starting to show the ineptitude of the company, the ineptitude of the planning, and the ineptitude of the business model. If nothing else, get, like, I'm, we, the bat, we've argued the Batman thing, the uh, Batgirl thing ad nauseum. But make some money. How are you going to make profit if you are not going to sell the goods? I don't understand. I don't understand it. We've uh, we've triggered Ray this week, Tony. I, I will say that, and I mean it is it is nice. Well, uh, well, Tony always triggers me. He knows that's why he <laughs> likes working with me. Tony, your thoughts? I mean, Ray raises some great points. How do you make money? Uh, is this really just the latest in a, in a disturbing series of disclosures that makes you realize just how inept? this massive company was and it, disturbing to say the least. The flash is the other one that's coming out this year. Maybe we'll see. I don't really think I need to comment on this. It all speaks for itself. Dave, you, by in asking me the question there, you pretty much summed it all up. Um, I agree with a lot of what Ray just said as well. It's just, we're just in a shitty place as far as DC goes. And we need to turn that corner for them to start doing 
something to the effect of what Marvel does is, and and I don't just mean have a, a all encompassing you know one continuous storyline you know branched out throughout different variations of media, but I mean not sucking. <laughs> a we, plan at least. Can right? we please not suck? Um, like the only the only thing that that DC has really done in the last however amount of time that is universally agreed upon that is very good is the Flash series on WB. No, Wonder like, Woman. Don't want, yeah, Wonder Woman and uh, Batman, I'd say. Oh well, I'll give you Wonder. Uh, well, not all the Wonder Woman movies, though. No, just first, not just all the, the Batman one. movies. I'm just talking about the first movie and the fact that they're the first people to I'll put out that. a female-led yeah. superhero. I'll give movie. you that and the yeah. Batman, but but I mean, you know, I feel you in general. It's, it's not been, a lot. It's, been bad. it's yeah. not a lot. Yeah, and that, that's recent. You know, that's yeah. not. Yeah, you know, so those are the three. That's it, really. The the only good thing about DC, like you I said, I mean, you could is, argue the Snyderverse version of Batman. A lot of us liked. I liked it. I really I, did. I did too. The only thing that I think that they really that really does out the park I, 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 is well that's well, the piece, yeah but main thing is the Arrowverse on TV and their animation their animation continues to be out of this world right right and, and then that, that's, Wonder Woman right and that's a different I mean that's a entirely different that's conversation different to have some yeah I mean yeah. their animation is is on a different level but you know as bad as things are here's maybe 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 a little bit of a silver lining that we've heard for weeks now. DC was looking to find its own version of Kevin Feige. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Patrick and I had speculated that the guy who, uh, Tony, I forget his name, but the guy who was basically in charge of the Arrowverse and was able to bring multiple continuities together in these big crossover events. Greg Bernthal, I, I don't know if that's his name or, or Greg Bernthal. Yeah, Greg Bernthal, yes. which I thought would be a great idea. Uh, to have him involved because it's like, man, juggling a continuity is difficult. At least get somebody with experience. Now we've got word that they may have found their own version of Kevin Feige, and it's Dan Lin, the Lego movie and the It producer. Uh, do you guys have his? I'm like looking at this thing. I've never heard of this guy. Not that you know, you, he was a household name. Lin's producer credits include four Lego movies. Okay, both It movies. Okay, multiple Disney projects, including the live action Aladdin, Godzilla versus Kong, Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies, and Netflix's The Two Popes. Um, does the, anything I just said instill you with a lot of confidence that this guy can bring this absolute cluster fuck shit show that DC has turned into, into something coherent. That's going to make, make money. Like what Ray says makes sense. Like all the fans want Tony, are you familiar with Dan Lin? And, and if so, how do you feel about this being the possibility? I don't. I don't know that it's going to matter until it matters, which means I don't know that it's going to matter until someone steps up and starts to have success. So whether it's uh, Dan Lynn, Dan Kim, Kevin Feige, or Brevin Feige, I don't think we're going to really... He's got too much going on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I kid. Uh, I just think... I I hope so. All you can do is hope, right? And there's been so many qualified people to come along and do different things for DC, but... It's just like, I, wake me up when we're there. Tony, Tony uses a good word there, right? Hope, which of course is synonymous with Superman. Is, is this any news? Is this news? Sorry, I know how you love it. I'm triggering you now, too. But <laughs> Dan Lin, is this any reason to give you hope that this guy can pull this mess together? So let's, let's, let's look at it this way. Before the MCU, did anybody know who Kevin Feige was? No, good point. 
So I don't think the person matters as much as someone committed and and with with a good uh, with consistency and and cares about the product, and you have to stick with them. Now, in terms of the dude. Every one of those movies I've seen, except for the Netflix, the two, two popes, and I've heard that the movie was fantastic. I've never seen it, but I've heard it's good. So I, I think he has the chops from a from a production standpoint to prove that at least he's leading movies that have been critically acclaimed. But all it doesn't matter if it's him, if it's me, if it's you, if it's Tunny, if anybody. It's just they need somebody to hold the role for longer than two and a half years. Stick with it, have a plan, don't deviate from that plan, and most importantly, something DC and Warner Brothers doesn't seem to want to do, keep the money going. Yeah, he's got, uh, I mean, if the, he is the guy being tagged, um, boy, that's an important Ooh. job. But but I, I, you like you said, Ray, and I said this, and it's funny you said this, because I said this to somebody else in the article, it's like, I've never heard of this guy, and like I haven't heard of him either, but again, yeah, Kevin Feige, household name now, 2008, who? It'd be like the Ravager that me that give there who <laughs> from Guardians of the Galaxy really? Uh, I, I, DC, DC is such a bad state. They like they like man two movies away from doing open casting calls for like superheroes. Like it's it's getting bad, bro. Like well, you can't release a movie that's already done. What? Yeah, we don't have the money to release this movie that's already done. Wait, what? what it's done. What other money are you going to spend? Well, there's marketing. There's this. we got to pay the cinemas. and It's just easier to eat this $90 million loss and write it off. Man. It's pretty bad. Pretty Please, bad. Man. Hopefully, Put that some bitch out. Get the money recouped. Shit, and then I, I read, release that motherfucker. I read something this week that they've deleted all the footage. It's like you guys deleted the entirety of this movie. You didn't keep any aspect of it. That I See, I don't buy that. Because they, they got to remember, this is the same company that told us for years a Snyder Cut didn't fucking exist. When it did, Ooh, good point. So, good point. you know, I I don't trust these guys as far as I can fucking throw them. They have no goodwill with with the nerd community right now, and that that's a big problem. When you're the second largest, or arguably, when you're talking comics, it's one A and one B, and people don't I, trust I, you. I know we got a couple more topics to go, but I have one question for y'all, and I don't want you to answer this from a from from a personal standpoint. I want you to answer this. From a legitimately, can you see a perspective with all that's going on with Warner Brothers Discovery? Could you see them selling off the DC brand? Yep, recouping sure. funds and just sure. selling it for like five billion to Disney, Apple. Well, won't go <laughs> yeah. to Apple maybe or to Amazon or something like that. You guys laugh at that, man. But Disney, Disney is a smart business, and if they see, they hey, are. we can we can take this and make money with this. We got a a built in fan base, rabid, well, passionate Tony, fan base. Why wouldn't you think about that at least? Tony is the biggest proponent of the one thing that I can never argue with him on. No matter how big Marvel is as an entity, no matter how flawlessly they've ran this business, the three biggest superheroes in the world still are, and probably for, uh, forever will be, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So just off top, they already killing it if they were to get it. I mean, all the, proof, to do anything. all the proof you needed that was in the Eternals where Superman and Batman are mentioned by name in the movie. That's yep. that's all the proof you need. But hey, point. anyway, let's let's venture out. Let's talk about it. Go ahead, Tony. You got something to say. Come on. It's the same argument we're having before. <laughs> it's the same argument we're having before with about Disney taking over the that Batman show is like. 
I have this wildly successful business and I'm dominating it. And now I want to take a lot of my attention away from that to bring take over a competitor and bring that up to speed with it. Hire more people, Tony. Good God. Wait a second. Didn't Vince McMahon do the exact same thing in 2001? Yeah, we're a taco place, pal, but we don't want to make burritos. Yeah. Bitch, make burritos. Get more money. I mean, I I think, like, Tony, I I buy what you're saying as far as... Here's the problem. Here's the problem, Dave. Here's the problem. You got the companies mixed up with the owners. I will say this. If you're talking the rights to Cape Crusader, I see your point, and I think it's a very valid point. If you're telling me DC has a shot at acquiring DC totally, that's a little even, different argument because they that yeah. that's a moneymaker if it's done right. I don't see it happening. Okay. I don't either, but oh, no, I'm just, it I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I can see why it makes sense for them to at least, if the opportunity comes up to think about it, sure. I could see that. Um Let's talk about some of these last few news items before we uh, cut out of here this week. Let's see. The first one, um, Avatar got pulled from Disney Plus in advance of it. Uh, Avatar Way. What is the sequel called? Way of Water or something like that? Is that is that mm-hmm. the second one? So they pulled the original off Disney Plus. They are going to return it. They're putting it back in the theaters. Um, so I wanted to I pose a question to you guys. Is this a cash grab or smart marketing? Tony, what do you think it, about this it, thing? This is what Disney does. Look at all the animated movies. They, they get it now because it's going in the vault for forty years, and then a whole new—it's uh, just smart business. Ray, what do so you you're, think? You're a lawyer, Dave. You want to know what the legal terminology for a cash grab is? What's that? Smart marketing. <laughs> maybe, maybe I've I've created a distinction without a difference. Is that what you're saying, Ray? I think that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, 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 at first I said, ah, it's just a blatant cash grab, but it is smart on them. Let's let's pull this out for a little while. Let's put, I mean, put it back in the theaters where maybe you missed it the first time. Uh, you know, this is one of the, this is the movie. Tony loves to talk about 3D. This is the movie you have to see in 3D because it makes all the yeah, difference the, in the world. The trailer for the, the second Avatar movie was spectacular. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, at this point, is there any sort of 3D groundbreaking technology out there that's going to that's gonna make, you know, maybe they added something. Maybe they added some elements to the first Avatar to to, to make it a little bit differently. I, I'm cool with it. I don't, this is, see, it's one I've seen so many times. It's like, no, I'm not. I saw it in 3D in the movies. I've seen it 20 times since then. I have no desire to go to the movies, spend money to see that again. Maybe if you, now I'll tell you this. If they do something like where they are saying, we're going to do a double feature, first avatar second then you got me then i would go and spend you know five hours you know as long as i got a decent intermission and some alcohol in between i'd be there but just to go to the movies just to see the original avatar on its own no you guys gonna are you guys planning to go see this in the movies when it comes back out ray i never saw the first time i've never seen the movie well, you need to go and check it out then i mean that just you you're disqualified tony Be- uh because I'm, I'm a reviewer good. now, I'm going to watch it eventually because i got to watch Way of the Water, so we'll see. Tony, would you go back to the movies to see the first Avatar or seen it enough? No. Yeah. I will say this. My kid, about when it first came out, I, my, either I didn't have kids or they were too young. This could be what something if it's to see with like a, What if it's double feature with Fern Gully? Oh, 
Oh, I'm in there. I'm in that thing. Dude, oh, triple yeah. triple feature. Fern Gully, Avatar 1, Avatar 2. We'll see Ray I mean, in 12 oh, you gotta hours. Avatar, you got to break up the first and, first and second Avatar with Fern Gully in the middle. Ooh, there you go. I'm in. I'm bringing the tent. I'm camping out, baby. I'm there. <laughs> Uh, we got some. Uh, we talked about season four of Umbrella Academy. We got some season four new news about the boys. Interesting casting decision. Ray Negan from The Walking Dead is going to be well. The actor Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to be in the boys season four. I wish Negan would show up in the boys season four and just put Homelander in his place. But we don't know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to play. But boy, I can't think of anybody who probably fits into that boys universe better. Than Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, what do you think, man? He's so close to being typecast, and he doesn't give a fuck, and I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, so apparently this is a, yeah, very much so, these ducats, as one Booker T is to say. Um, he, apparently this is a supernatural uh, reunion. Wait, is, with, this, is uh, this your shucky-ducky quack-quack moment of the, of the week, Ray? Shucky-ducky quack-quack. Moment oh, of it's movies. on like neck bone. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Um, no, but Jensen Ackles and JDM and the uh, showrunner, I think, all were supernaturals. Um, right. so I, it's gonna be dope. I don't, what is he gonna do? Who's it gonna be? I don't know. I've heard it's not gonna be a. It's gonna be a guest role, maybe not like a full, like a regular, full time dude. Fun fact though, in our Nerdomania, um. It may change now that we pushed it back. My promo was going to be Negan uh, calling out the Punisher for a street fight. <laughs> oh, nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. Fans listening, if you're if you're one of the 24 or 32, and you're like, what is this Neuromania thing? It's an, it's an idea that's coming. We're going to do wrestling cards with nerd-based geek culture characters, and we've got some really good ideas. We just... I just thought ah, this week's a little bit too news heavy, and it it's kind of we're creeping up there on a longer episode, so backed away from it. Tony, uh, I don't know you're. I know you're not the biggest Walking Dead fan in the world, but I know you know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is. How do you see him fitting in with the boys' universe, even in a guest role like it's rumored he's going to have? I, it's funny because I was like, oh, it's too bad Butcher doesn't have a living brother. Oh, that would be perfect. Yes, that's a good one, man. He would be perfect. I, could, I mean, just oh, I'm sure he can. That? Jeffrey Dean Morgan can do anything. Just, I mean, yeah, that'd be somebody who just Carl Urban and Jeffrey Dean Morgan on screen together is going to be magical, man. That, that I like that call, Tony. That's something I got to keep that keep that in the back pocket, Ray. That might be a good one to uh, to do. I think it's a it's a great fit. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, one of the better actors who's could out it, there right now. Go ahead. Could it be a whole play on the Walking Dead thing where he has like zombie powers and he's a meta too? Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can go both ends with it, right? Like the, obviously Butchers doesn't have a living brother, but you could see that happening. Like he could just be this. It could be just such a laughing stock of a superhero, like oh that zombie guy or something like that. That'd just, be like the total antithesis of what he does. You know what I mean? Or he just knocks fucking Homelander in the head with a barbed wire baseball bat, Ray. That would be kind of a you know, and stand there with that leather jacket and that sly grin on his face. You know, I, you, I like you did to think. Sorry, the last thing I'll say is I like to think he's going to be involved with Vought somehow and not a meta. Yeah, I mean, he did. He was um, the guy in the suit in Rep Age, and he can play it. But 
I feel I'm worried about him because I don't, he's a great actor. He's always going to get roles and whatnot. But, man, people are going to call him motherfucking Negan for the rest of his life. Or the comedian, one or the other. Yeah, man, but when I think of that movie, the co- comedian is about three people down before I, you know what I'm saying? Well, that's true. I think, I'm thinking of Warshack. I'm thinking of uh, Manhattan. Oh, man. I'm thinking man, of Osmandis. Yeah, yeah I'm, before I get to the comedian, because he dies so fucking early. That's true. That's true. All right, guys, let's talk about the last news story of the week. Uh, more depressing kind of news or disappointing, I'd say. Not so much depressing, but certainly disappointing kind of news this week where um, She-Hulk, we love the show, but it's got the most one-star reviews of any Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show on IMDb, which raised the question in my eyes right now because review bombing has become such a big problem. Over the past six months, basically since Moon Knight came out, you know, it's just been review bomb after review bomb. You look at Moon Knight, got bombed. Miss Marvel got horrifically bombed. Sandman, ridiculously review bombed. And so many people love that show that Netflix is pretty much guaranteed a second season. Now you got She-Hulk and they're being review bombed for different reasons. You know, it's either misogyny or it's racism or it's homophobia or something or the other, which raises a question I want to pose out to you guys. Should companies like IMDb just flat out do away with fan reviews at this point because it's so misleading and skewing things that should they just get rid of it? Tony, I'll turn it to you first, man. I don't know. Let the stupid people read stupid shit and think that it's real. I mean, what? I mean, honestly, my response to this topic and and no offense is like, I don't fucking care. Like the intelligent ones are going to like, watch it for themselves talk to intelligent people about it it's it's more of the fucking uh uh uh, loud minority right it's the three people yelling in the bar that are louder than the 87 other people are just sitting there having a good time paying them no attention whatsoever like the more attention paid the bigger they grow and the more they get off on it so whatever number of AEW fans are involved in doing this, you know, (laughs) good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I win again. I don't disagree with you, but I I do think there's, there's the risk here and the danger that it does create this buzz around like, like Tony said, it's a vocal minority. That's for sure. But it does create enough buzz around that vocal minority that you wonder how much of it is bleeding into the majority who wants to block it out, but can't help but hear these whispers because they keep coming in on them. You know, Ray, what are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, is Tony right? It's just like, it's just a bunch of idiots out here. We can ignore them. Or should companies like IMDb say, you know, we really don't need these fan reviews anymore. It's just, it's just fucking up the, the whole thing. The narrative is getting skewed. So it is a bunch of idiots. But the problem is, is the medium which the idiots are using is used by the companies who run the shows and the movies to show people that people are watching their shows. So like it's it's a kind of a trifold type deal where they're looking at, of course, how how they can make money. So ad sales, uh, subscriptions, buys, things of that nature. They're looking at ratings, how many people are watching at the time, day one, five day, whatever. And they're looking at what people are saying. So you're killing a third of the process. By just a few, just a few idiots by skewing that, which is why it's such a, a powerful thing. We we looked at the numbers. Miss Marvel was extremely lowly watched compared to all the other Disney Plus shows, and you can attribute a lot of that to the review bombs 
because I've never met a person who's watched the show. One of my best friends, I, I, who's an MCU fanatic like us, not as knowledgeable a comic book fan, but is, loves watching it. I told him about, you know, when Miss Marvel came out, I, I kind of walked him through who she was, if he would like it. And I told him, you're going to, knowing who you are, you're going to have to get through the first two episodes before you can enjoy it. Because the first two episodes, she's a teenager and they're setting up her world. And it was like, he stopped watching after two episodes. Man, it's Disney shit. Yes. Keep watching. I ain't gonna watch that. Keep watching. Two weeks later, he watched and then he binged the rest of the episode season. He was like, you're right. It was fantastic. So sometimes you have to get people out of their own way. And unfortunately, these reviews are making people get in their own way. But the bigger issue to me is should should they, I think, in a perfect world, get rid of it? No, because everybody deserves some type of voice. I think it needs to be filtered better. The problem is the importance that the studios are putting on companies like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and these shitty ass fan sites. That's a bigger problem. When you back in the day when we were younger and you had Siskel and Ebert or Siskel and uh, what's Siskel and the dude after Ebert died, the, the other guy, whoever it was, and all these people, know. these people, they were trained to do this. Shemp. Right? Shemp. We're not talking about the fucking Three Stooges, bro. What the oh, fuck? well, I just replacement people that came up. That's hilarious. Curly Joe. Shiv is my favorite Stooge, by the way. Random. Um, but no, that. But uh, you, they were trained. They were paid. This was their job. This was their career. They lived and died and bred off of, they ate off of if the reviews are good or bad. And now any Tom, Dick, and Harry or Jane and Mary with the fucking computer or a device could say something. So it needs to be filtered better. The I think the onus needs to be taken off of the importance of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't feel as empowered to get on and do something. Because the problem with the internet, the positive and the negative is, it feels like my voice matters. We're doing a fucking podcast right now. We joke about 32 listeners. It's more than that, but we joke about it. But we're not getting hundreds of thousands. 35. Yeah, right. We're not getting hundreds of thousands of millions of listeners. We got a good view- listenership, but we're not getting that much, right? We're not, it's not Joe Rogan, then bandwagon nerds. Like, we're not there. But we care about it, but we have a voice. Who gave us the right to have a voice? Who gave us three the right to have a voice? We PC, made, gave PC our own Dunny, right. PC Dunny did. That's right. So, in the same breath, how can we take away? that from these assholes i just think it needs to be filtered better and that i don't know how you do it but you have to filter it better and stop making it matter if it didn't matter as much then i don't think people would care because it wouldn't feel the they wouldn't feel beholden they wouldn't get the positivity they want from saying oh well i i bombed this so people are gonna know this this show sucks nobody's gonna read it why the fuck they care here's the thing though we walked by, generally the three of us considered it insignificant crap, but we still stoked the fire by talking about it. You're right. We're just as bad as they are. That's spot on. No, I wasn't going that far. Because we're outraged. Not me, we're, 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 we're kind of outraged by the whole. I'll say this. It's, it's a slippery slope because you look at like the end of, like what they're doing here with uh, shows is one thing. I liken this. Compare it in contrast over to like video games. Okay. If you go on like Metacritic and you look at uh, some of the reviews, like you look at the reviews for Madden, the gaming set websites are giving, you know, giving reviewing things a little bit higher than they otherwise should. 
the fans are the ones you almost have to listen to them because they're like the ones saying this game is the same fucking game it's been for the last 10 years and this is yeah, why i'm pissed off about it yeah i'll give you a review you have to watch way too much cutscenes. the loading time still sucks and I just paid whatever amount I did to download the new rosters. That's, That's it. all it is. Yeah. I just paid, I just paid The AI is a little bit more responsive. The AI did play zone better. Yeah, but it, then it, give, it can't play a fucking thing against the run. So it, I'll it's, bet you 100 bucks by the time you get to week eight or nine, the offense you've been trying to run for the last eight or nine weeks doesn't work anymore. And eventually, you're going to be up 28 to 7 and lose a game 35 to 31 just because. <laughs> Sounds like Thank Madden you, 23, man. folks, right there. T- PC Tunney's review of Madden 23, right there. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's it's tough because you don't want to give this stuff undue uh, attention and, and, and bring in and, and stoke those flames and say, hey, these guys are talking about me, you know, because it just makes things worse. But at the same time, it's like you almost feel like people like us need to do a PSA to say, look. She-Hulk is way better than a one-star review showed. Miss Marvel's way better than one-star reviews. You want star reviews? Go watch, listen to Dave Meltzer. You know, that's all I'll say at this Who? at this point. Yeah, exactly. Who? And and I do want to say, if you watch She-Hulk and you legitimately didn't like it, that's, that's your right. That's fine. That's fine. But you don't got to go is, online well, and immediately bomb the shit it, out of it. Like, uh, right, exactly. How, what, what is the motive behind... Like, how angry are you? You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between a bad review, a spiteful review, and someone with an agenda. Those are three no, different things. Spot so on, spot on, you got to you gotta mentally decipher spot between on. the three. I mean, look when at, you're talking negative. negative. Look at me. I, I went on a rage today about World War Hulk. I've been on a rage for weeks about it. Now, I'm not doing any reviews, but I am actively going against it. But I'm not doing it because I... You know, have an agenda about a person or an idea of the movie. But I just don't. You're like not the story. going online and giving World War Hulk the series a one star review a year and no, a half before I'm it not, ever comes off. And even yeah, if you, yeah. even after it comes out, if you hate it, I would bet good money that Ray Cash, the Reverend Ray Cash, will not be on any website no. giving it a one star review. You'll keep that to yourself. And say I don't like it because of this. This I'll talk about it on the show. I'll come on this show and talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> but you're not going to go on IMDb. That's a one star review. Fuck it. You know. <clears throat> I mean, uh, granted, Ray's reasons would not be misogynistic, racist, or homophobic. It'd just be, this shit sucks. So I guess that's legit. Yeah, I don't like the storyline. That doesn't make sense to me. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's the difference. And it's simple. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds here, episode 146. Good conversations all the way around, guys. Before I let you fellas go, let people know where they can find you on the social media interwebs and that sort of thing. We will start with the one and only live studio audience, PC Tunney. Make sure you check out this show at Bandwagon Nerds. Make sure you follow Patrick O'Dowd at the Wrestling Realist. No, I in wrestling. Uh, Chairshot Radio Network. Everything, uh, all the all the great streaming content there in the Chairshot.com. Always use your head. You can follow me at PC Tunney. Send hate mail my way to add it's me, DPP. Ray, where can people check you out? And, and as far as you're concerned, if people hate what you're saying, if people are saying... God damn that Ray and his World War Hulk hate. Where do you want them to send their hate tweets to? You can send it to me at my moniker, PC Tunney. Wait um, a minute. You could, you could use Platt there. I know, at the real C Platt. <laughs> or Craig use, or whoever. I use Platt every week. I don't I to use somebody different. I figured why, why keep... Bags. What's, what's, Kyle Moore's, what's Kyle Moore's Twitter <laughs> handle? Send it over That's, there. 
Dr. Send your hate mail to Dr. S'mores. Yeah. And do please it. do, because he won't read that shit. Oh, but if you get a response, he has an immaculate lexicon that he will uh, whip out and beat you over the head with. Um, by the way, whatever happened to Betty Ross? Betty Ross? Person who made the American flag? Not Betsy Ross, fool. Betty Ross. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right okay uh, <laughs> okay hulk's girlfriend uh Liv tyler oh. betty ross oh, betty. <laughs> fuck it's sewing flags dipshit uh, <laughs> okay move on um i instead of following me i want you guys to go and follow um a gentleman by the name of Victor Perry at Wallflower Perry. He is the head of a the wrestling uh, the wrestling um, high school group, and he got all his he, he had this uh, fund for all the kids to get sent to L.A. and he's doing great things with the group. If you follow him, watch the videos. The kids they watch uh, Sasha Banks went to go see him. They watch wrestling during the the club uh, watch shows. They even have their own little fed where like that champion is. It's fantastic stuff. Go give him my follow, and you will uh, you'll be very happy. Get, let's give back. Those kids are fantastic and deserve good things to happen to them. So shout out to them. As far as uh, that, great stuff, Ray. Thank you for that. That make sure you follow the Reverend Ray Cash's advice. I feel like I'm running around the horn and I got bumped to do the you know the final thirty seconds because Ray <laughs> had something meaningful to talk about today. That's well, me every time. Yeah, yeah. I got something. You know, every day and too. we found out the Hulk's girlfriend sewed the American flag. So I mean that's that you can't you can't buy that kind of publicity, folks. And that motherfucker oh, Was that man. before or after World War Hulk? That was before. And he wears that fucking flag as a banner when he comes back to Earth and whips that ass. So it was the before Bruce Banner. It was before World War Hulk, but it was after Civil War. You can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude Regression. And as Tony said, follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Patrick returns next week to tell us how badly we've done over the past two weeks. That's going to be... Boo! <laughs> Ray's booing Patrick's return in advance. Free hate. Uh, I love you, Patrick. I do, man. Until next week. Hey, you guys... Get out of the basement. Maybe think about getting a little bit of sun. Maybe not. Whatever floats your boat. But make sure you check out some of these great shows. Review Bombers Be Damned. You've been listening to Bandwagoners on the Chairshot Radio Network right here on thechairshot.com.
feeling strong, my friend. Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. <laughs>